Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. All right, so uh, pretty crazy stuff today, guys, but a very, very, very important topic for U.S. military veterans, okay? Five shocking PTSD VA rating statistics. Um, If you haven't been over, by the way, to the VA Claims Insider blog yet, um, please do that. We're writing posts almost every single day, uh, pumping out incredible high-value content for you guys. Now, again, you can go to vaclaimsinsider.com slash blog. Uh, a new post is coming out almost every single day. Okay, so uh, I'm a nerd. I like to geek out. I like to read statistics um, and make connections. And so that's part of what I'm sharing with you guys today. Post-traumatic stress disorder statistics, shocking stats affecting our military. Okay, I'm going to be talking about all types of PTSD today, regardless of the, of the type that you have. And um, man, I'll tell you though, even when I was putting that post together, when I'm gathering the stats, I'm reading the Veteran Benefits Administration's report to Congress for 2018, 2019, shocking, absolutely shocking uh, for me, okay? Um, so a few things uh, and a few points that, uh, that I wanna make before we get into this. Uh, why are we doing this? Who, who are you, Brian? You know, why are you doing this? Why have you started this YouTube channel, these Facebook groups? Why are you doing all this stuff? Guys, we have one purpose and calling, okay? And this is what we believe. We believe that veterans are underrated, okay? We believe fellow disabled veterans, just like me and you, are underrated by the Department of Veterans Affairs. That means you do not currently have the VA disability rating and compensation that you deserve. Okay, that makes me sick. And so our purpose, our calling is to get all veterans what you legally, morally, ethically, and medically deserve. Okay, nothing more, um, nothing less. Okay, but that's what we believe. That's why we're doing this, is that you guys are stuck. You're frustrated. You're underrated. You're banging your head against the wall. You're spending countless hours online sifting through wrong information, you keep getting denied, right? And you're missing out on a whole ton of benefits that you deserve by law for you and your family. There's tax-free compensation benefits, there's medical benefits, there's healthcare benefits, there's educational benefits. There's a lot on the line here, guys. And so we want to make sure that you do it the right way. Okay, so whether or not you, you join our programs or not, I hope you're at least following along on YouTube. You're watching these videos. I see how engaged you guys are. You're commenting. Um, please share this stuff with your networks. All right, we got, we got to be the fellow vet network, right? Where we pull each other up, our brothers and sisters. We serve and support you in community. Okay, but I can't do that alone. Um, I need your help. Okay, we need your help at VA Claims Insider, okay? So that's why we're doing this, okay? 
how we do what we do, our secret sauce. Guys, I founded this company three years ago because I realized that VA disability claims come down to one thing, medical evidence. Medical evidence, that is what determines your VA disability. Do you have a diagnosis of a disability or condition? Is there a clear nexus to prove service connection, right? Whether you're filing a primary disability claim for direct service connection or you're filing a secondary disability claim for secondary service connection. Okay, is there a clear nexus? Because by law, this is codified in 38 CFR, federal law. In order to be eligible for VA disability compensation under the law, a disability that you suffer from today must have been caused or made worse by your active duty service. Okay, there's, there's two components to that. There's either caused, meaning because of your combat in Iraq, you now have PTSD, right? That would be direct service connection for combat PTSD, right? The, the combat triggered and caused the PTSD. But there's also that made worse piece, which speaks to aggravation, okay? So maybe you had a pre-existing condition before you entered the service, like flat feet, right? But maybe your pest plant is fat, flat feet. Yeah, that's a pre-existing condition, but you didn't have plantar fasciitis, which is the severe heel pain, until after you served in the military, okay? So that's something um, to keep in mind as well. So there is an aggravated piece to part two, which is the nexus. The other part of service connection is secondary service connection, okay? How was a current disability you suffer from today caused or made worse by another service-connected disability in your body rated at 0% or higher? And you've heard me talk about this before, but a very common linkage is left side of body issues affecting right side of body issues right side affecting left, right? Your neck affects your back. Your back affects your hip. Your hips affect your knees. Your knees affect your feet, right? All of this stuff is linked, guys. And so um, secondary service connection, we call it the overlooked claim because a lot of vets don't even know you're eligible for it. But you are. You're eligible just like any other claim, guys, under the law, okay? And then the third piece you got to have persistent and reoccurring symptoms into the present day, okay? At VA Claims Insider, guys, we call that severity of symptoms. And what I really speak to here, and we're sharing this message with vets far and wide, is how are your current disabilities limiting or affecting your life in a negative way, right? Because ultimately, the level of impairment that you're suffering from is what determines your overall VA rating, okay? So if you're currently low-balled, you have something service-connected, but it's only at 0% or it's at 10 or it's at 30, and you think it should be higher, you now have to prove to the VA that your symptoms are now worse and that it meets the higher criteria, okay? So we're gonna talk about how you do that, okay? All right, so let's jump in here a little bit though. We've got the basics out of the way. I want to talk about these five shocking PTSD VA claim statistics. If you want to pull up the post, by the way, and read it while you're going through this, you can go to vaclaimsinsider.com slash blog. Scroll down. It's a few posts back. It's called uh, shocking uh, PTSD VA rating statistics, okay? Um, the first thing that really jumped out at me was I started looking at the data about 
you know, how many civilians have or develop post-traumatic stress disorder uh, in America? So I looked at the United States. Um, and what I was really interested in was people who had never served in the military. Okay, they, they never wore the uniform. So forget about whether you were in combat or not in combat, whatever. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, did you or did you not wear the uniform in some capacity? Okay. So I started glancing around at civilian PTSD stats, right? And, and it was all over the map. Some people say 3% up to 5%. Um, but then when I turned to the military and I started reading statistics and studies, I started looking at the VBA's report to Congress, the Veterans Health Administration, the VHA's data about the number of reported post-traumatic stress disorder cases. This is where things got a little bit shocking, okay? In general and on average, somebody who wore the uniform, regardless of whether they were in combat or not, is four times as likely to have or develop post-traumatic stress disorder than the average uh, everyday civilian who didn't serve in the military. That's shocking, guys. Four times more likely. Okay, which VA, if you're watching, listening, I know you already know this, but we've got a PTSD problem. We've got a real PTSD issue among our veterans, right? And, and I'm one of them. I've lived this nightmare, guys. I've shared my story many times with you, um, and I'll continue sharing it because I want to be open and vulnerable with you. Um, that message might just save somebody's life. It might just encourage you to pick up the phone and call the VA and get help, right? It might prevent you from taking your own life. If you're suicidal, right? If you hear me say, it's okay to pick up the phone and call the suicide hotline, guys. It's okay to do that, all right? It's okay to not be okay. What's not okay is for you not to get help, okay? So that's why we're talking about this stuff, all right? But that was shocking for me. Military veterans are four times as likely to have or develop post-traumatic stress disorder, whether they served in combat or not, okay? Pretty, pretty shocking overall. Um, and then it had some other stats in that post. I'm not gonna go through everything right now, but it talked about um, of the veterans who deployed, right? So in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom, uh, those periods between about 2001 and 2018-ish, um, even into the present day, right? Um, the statistics are estimating, this is what the VA is reporting, that about 20% uh, of folks who served um, in those operations, Operation Iraqi, Re Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom, so Iraq and Afghanistan, about 20%, okay, 20%. I would actually say that I believe that number is much higher than that. Um, and how can I say that confidently? Because of what we do, we talk to veterans all day, every day in community, guys. We're the number one YouTube channel by a mile. We're number one on Facebook as far as our posts by a mile. We're an unbelievably followed blog. We have an incredibly vibrant community of fellow insiders who are sharing your stories with us. That's how we know we're hearing from you, not the VA. We're hearing directly from you as to what is really going on. And so, um, I would actually say, I think that number is much higher, maybe even up to 40% of people who were in Iraq or Afghanistan are coming home with some form of post-traumatic stress disorder, and they don't even know it. That's the part, again, back to why are we doing this? 
it's to get this message out there, guys, that we've got a PTSD problem, but all hope is not lost. We can help you and serve and support you in our community and in our membership programs, okay? So if you're hearing my voice right now and you've served in any of these operations, Korea, Vietnam, Desert Storm, anything to do with the Gulf, right? Any combat operation, maybe it's a non-combat situation, a military sexual trauma situation like harassment, assault, maybe it's a car accident, a service member suicide, a bad storm, uh, something to do with 9-11, right? There's lots of things, terrifying events that can trigger your post-traumatic stress disorder, guys. Please don't suffer alone, okay? We're here to help you. Again, you need some help, guys. We have a free three-step intake for you to get started. You'll get connected with a U.S. board certified psychologist for a psych eval. You can get a DBQ completed, whether it's PTSD uh, a review or other mental health conditions. They'll document a diagnosis, your symptoms, and the nexus, right, which hint to exactly what you need to prove under the law to get the rating and compensation you deserve. Okay, guys? So that's what this is all about. Again, you need some help. $7,500 worth of VA claim resources we're giving you for free when you come into our membership program, guys. VA Claims Insider Elite. You can get started right now at vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. Okay? Awesome. Just wanted to make sure I got that out there. So shocking stats. We've already covered uh, military veterans are, are four times as likely to have post-traumatic stress disorder as the average civilian. We talked a little bit about some of the combat operation stats. Um, I want to jump into some of the non-combat stuff that's also shocking, right? So a lot of vets, by the way, are confused um, and even VSOs and attorneys into thinking that post-traumatic stress disorder has to be combat related, right? Like, were you directly engaged in fire with the enemy? That couldn't be further from the truth, right? PTSD combat is just one type of PTSD, right? But there's also PTSD non-combat, okay? So things like a hurricane aboard a Navy ship, maybe you were close to or around 9-11, Maybe your friend took their own life, right? Maybe you lost a child while you were serving in the military. Um, maybe it was the detachment. Maybe it was a, a sexual assault or harassment situation from a boss. Um, maybe it was an unfair court-martial, right? I've seen that where, you know, a, a lieutenant commander thought he would be demoted, kicked out, and sent to Leavenworth for something he didn't even do, right? So there's lots of potential things that can trigger a non-combat post-traumatic stress disorder situation, and it goes way beyond combat, okay, PTSD non-combat. The part that really stood out to me as shocking was when we start looking at the PTSD non-combat situations. These are reported, by the way, the ones that are reported PTSD non-combat MST situations. MST stands for military sexual trauma. Okay, now that could be assault or harassment, okay, or harassment and assault. Um, it's estimated that 55% of women who served in the military 
experienced some form of sexual harassment during their time in uniform. That's awful and ridiculous. 55%. I actually think that's really low. I bet it's quite a bit higher than that if we wanted to really be honest about this problem in the military. Um, and for men, men reported up to 38% that they were sexual harassed, right, while they were in the military. So, and by the way, we, we somehow in our society have these preconceived notions that, you know, it's, it's predominantly men sexually harassing or assaulting women. That's, that's not what the stats show, guys. I mean, yeah, that's a huge part of it. Um, but women are also harassing men and men are harassing men and women are harassing women. Okay. So, uh, we've got a problem to all of our military leaders out there who might be watching this video, uh, to our VA folks, brethren at the VHA and the VBA who are watching this. We've got a major problem with military sexual trauma in our military among our active duty corps. I've seen some of you stand up and say it has no place. We're working to eradicate it. Well, guess what? You ain't doing enough. Okay. Brian Reese is telling you right here, right now, you ain't doing enough and you've got a sexual assault and harassment problem that's pervasive in the military culture. And we need to make some changes and we need to do something about it. All right. Cause those stats shouldn't happen. Right? When you raise your hand to fight for freedom, to serve in our all-volunteer force, you should not be worried about if you're going to be harassed or assaulted. But the reality is people are, and it's happening every single day, and we're not doing enough about it. Okay? All right. Uh, so moving on a little bit, though, from we've talked about PTSD combat, we've talked about PTSD non-combat. Um, I wanted to jump in now to some of the shocking uh, PTSD VA rating statistics. All right. I talk a lot about post-traumatic stress disorder um, because it is such a huge issue. And the other reason I talk about it is because it's a high value claim. Okay. I want to define those terms real quickly because we made them up. Okay. They don't exist. We made up the terms high value claim and low value claim. All right. A high value claim is a VA disability that has a very high likelihood of being rated at 30% or higher on its own, okay? That's what we consider a high value VA disability claim. Versus a low value VA disability claim is any disability or condition that has a very low likelihood of being rated at 30% or higher on its own. Now I've got some incredible posts out there, um, the top three easiest things to claim for VA disabilities, there's a YouTube here, I've also got a post that's gone viral uh, called the 10 most common VA disability claims. If you want to Google that, um, I have them broken down right in order with data. These aren't my opinions. These are data that's reported and recorded by the Veterans Benefits Administration and reported to Congress. Okay. Um, PTSD claims are high value claims, regardless of whether it's combat, non-combat or some other type of situation. Um, PTSD claims are high value claims, meaning there's a very high likelihood that they will be rated at 30% or higher on their own. In fact, when we really started slicing and dicing the data, the average VA disability rating for PTSD is between 50% and 70%. Okay, More than half of all the veterans right now with a service-connected PTSD rating are rated at either 50% or 70%.
the most common, the median PTSD rating is the 70% level. That's very high, guys. So if, if you're taking a look at your VA disability claim strategy, okay, you're, you believe you deserve a higher rating and you're trying to figure out how to get there, guess what? You've got to have some high value claims in there and they need to be rated at the appropriate level. Okay, so maybe you already have PTSD service connected, you're at 0%. Your PTSD service connected at 10% or 30%. It's all about the symptoms, guys. And if you look at the symptoms at those levels under CFR 38, part four, the schedule for rating disabilities, the symptoms are pretty minimal up to about the 30% level. And then you'll see what happens is they get very, very serious in a hurry after that. Okay, so I'll, I'll go to the 70% level real quick. At the 70% PTSD VA rating, it talks about occupational and social impairment with deficiencies in most areas, work, life, social functioning, anger issues, near continuous panic attacks, suicidal ideation, obsessive rituals, okay, trouble forming and maintaining relationships, short and long-term memory problems. There's some pretty doggone serious symptoms that start hitting at the 70% level, okay? Which again speaks to how severe is your current level of occupational and social impairment? Occupational meaning how is your PTSD limiting or affecting you at work? Maybe your PTSD is so severe that you can't work anymore or you were fired from a job. That's very serious, guys. That, that might even rise to the level of either unemployability or the 100% rating for PTSD. Okay, something to, to think about if your PTSD is really affecting your work. That's what occupational means. And then on the social side, occupation, social impairment. Social meaning, how is it affecting your relationships and your overall social functioning? So how are you getting along with your spouse? your children? Uh, do you do activities anymore? Are you members of, of a club? Do you have lots of friends or not? Do you leave your home? All of those things. And because, again, this is very subjective in nature. And the reason it's subjective, guys, is because it should be. There is no hard and fact defining characteristic that can say, this veteran meets every single one of these, so this is the rating they're supposed to be. Okay, The raiders are not supposed to do that. Which leads me to another point. How then does the VA rater decide your rating, right? You might be looking at CFR 38, part four, the schedule for rating disabilities under mental health conditions, and you're going, Brian, I have a whole bunch of these symptoms at the 70% level, but I only got 50, right? Or I've got a whole bunch at the 50 and I only got 30. What the raters are supposed to do Okay, it's supposed to is, is a very loosely used term because a lot of times they don't do it. They have the latitude to go up or down multiple levels, usually one level. What we've seen mostly is they'll do what's called preponderance of the symptoms, okay? So if you're looking at the 50% rating for mental health, and then you're looking at the 70% rating for mental health, the rater is supposed to place you into the level where you have the predominance of the symptoms. So for example, if you've got six 
of the 12 criteria at the 70% level and four of the criteria at the, at the 50% level, they're supposed to give you 70, right? This comes back to the benefit of the doubt goes to the veteran, the symptomatology, how severe is it? Yep, the preponderance of the symptoms is at the higher level. Now, do we always see that? Absolutely not, right? Um, sadly, the VA raters many times don't even know their own rules. Certain, certain uh, VA regional offices, they don't even follow their own written rules in M211 or updated policy or recent case law. They don't even know, okay? So part of our strategy in helping veterans get the VA disability rating compensation they deserve in less time is arming you not just with information, but with the exact medical evidence you need in the form of disability benefit questionnaire reviews, DBQs, and medical nexus letters, okay? A medical nexus letter, guys, is a credible, competent document prepared by a healthcare professional. Could be a VA doctor, could be your, your own private doctor, could be one of our contracted doctors, okay? And in that letter, it's gonna speak to the likelihood in the doctor's medical opinion that a disability you suffer from or your PTSD was caused or made worse by your military service. Okay, that helps you prove part two under the law, which is the nexus requirement for service connection. So guys, if you've logged into va.gov or eBenefits and you see things in your profile that say not service connected, that is what that means. That's what that means. You might have a diagnosis for PTSD. Maybe you have pre-existing bipolar, pre-existing schizophrenia, or pre-existing personality disorder. You've also got PTSD and major depressive disorder. You file your claim, the VA denies it, it says not service connected. You're baffled, you're banging your head against the wall. It's because they couldn't prove the nexus on an at least as likely as not basis. A lot of times what we see with pre-existing mental health concerns and issues is the VA raider goes, nah, I'm not sure if it's due to their service because they have this pre-existing condition. Well, if you don't have medical evidence to help back up that no, it's not from pre-existing, or if it is pre-existing, it was aggravated by service. Or if your personal statement doesn't tie in properly, guys, guess what's gonna happen? They're gonna deny the claim and say not service connected. But again, there's a way out. The way out is regardless of how many times you've been denied, you get up, you keep slugging, you keep fighting, you get a medical nexus letter. Okay, I don't care where you get it from. You can get it from your own private doctor. Um, good luck getting one from a VA doctor, but you can ask them. Um, or you can work with us inside of VA Claims Insider Elite. Uh, we make it extremely painless. We're getting claims, guys. Uh, we're having veterans come back with life-changing wins. Finally, after 10, 20, 30, 45 years of being underrated, we're seeing vets finally get what they deserve by law, and it's life-changing. Tax-free compensation for life, full medical benefits for life, passed to a surviving spouse if there's any issues, uh, tax-free home benefits, educational benefits. Unbelievable, guys. We're changing lives on a daily basis and I'm so proud to lead the VA Claims Insider Movement, okay? But I want you, I want you to go, Brian, you know what, man? I, I am stuck, frustrated, and underrated. 
I am in all these stupid Facebook groups getting wrong information. I have tried working with three other people, companies, attorneys, VSOs, and they keep getting hung out to dry, keep getting denied. I'm stuck in appeal. I'm not going anywhere. Guys, the reason is because you don't have enough medical evidence. That's it. That is what VA disability claims come down to. Medical nexus opinions, DBQs, medical reports to substantiate that what you're claiming is true and service-connected with symptoms on an at least as likely as not basis. That's all you have to prove, guys, which it's, it's a pretty low hurdle. But I want to talk real quick about, I've had some people question before, like, well, what do you mean? You just, you know, hack up all this random medical evidence? Absolutely not, right? The doctors are going to look at existing medical evidence of record. They're going to interview you. You're going to see you. They're going to touch you. Some stuff requires in-person exams. Some don't, okay? Um, but the issue, guys, we see this in our culture of the military, okay? Raise your hand if this was you. Every single time you had a tiny little issue with your feet, your hands, your head, your neck, you fell out of formation, you quit going to PT, you got on a profile, and you quit doing your job. I, raise your hand if that was you. Absolutely not, right? We are trained in the military to carry on, to fight on, regardless of how severe our issues are. We don't go to the doctor. We don't get help. We're not honest about our mental health conditions. Well, then guess what happens when we leave the service? It's the ultimate catch-22. You leave the military. There's no documentation in your service treatment records because you never went, right? You were, you were too tough, right? You never went. And you go to file your VA disability compensation claim and the whole thing comes back denied or underrated. And I can literally, guys, read the denial letter, copy and pasted from the VA Raider. No evidence of any in-service disease or condition related to mental health. No diagnosis of PTSD. No subjective complaints of symptoms, right? So they deny service connection. They're just following a process at the VA. They're following a process. They're bound by this. They're looking in your records. They don't see anything. And if you haven't armed them with information to help them make the yes decision, guess what the easy thing to do is? Deny the claim, toss it over the fence, and move on to the next one, right? VA Raiders, VSRs, Veteran Service Reps, um, RVSRs, Rating Veteran Service Reps. They're very busy people, guys. Help them help you help them get to yes with medical evidence, okay? Again, you want some help? $7,500 worth of VA claim resources. Quick hit videos, tutorials, trainings, digital downloads, buddy letter generator tool that we created, access to the VA claims inside our mastermind group on Facebook. You're gonna come into our community and become one of these, an insider, guys. You can become an insider and get some identity back, get the exact medical evidence you need, and win your claim in less time. That's, that's it. That's the decision that you have, okay? $7,500 with the VA claim resources. You can complete our free three-step intake right now, guys. Go to vaclaimsinsiderelite.com, okay? Um, I'm going to see here if I can jump on. 
and maybe catch a few questions here. I know I've got some team members on, by the way. Thank you guys um, for helping answer some questions here as we go along. Um, man, this is awesome. I got uh, Combat Craig on here helping out as well. Thank you, brother. And uh, I'm going to scroll through a few questions here. Holy crap, we've got uh, 160 people are on live right now, which is just crazy. Uh, but I'm going to go through this on my phone. So I'm on my laptop looking at you in the camera, um, but I can see you guys in my phone. See? <laughs> so I'm going to go through some of these questions here if I can. Um, okay. I was going to try a legal solution with a law firm that specializes in military claims. They can get all my records from the hospitals as for PTSD got forced to quit. Okay. Um, I'm, by the way, I'm not a, a law firm hater. Okay. We need our accredited attorneys. We do. They're accredited by the VA, uh, with power of attorney to act on your behalf. And so, um, you definitely need to think about a VA attorney if you're planning to fight the VA at the BVA level, okay, the Board of Veterans Appeals. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to enter oral arguments, I think you should consider representation, okay? I, I really do. So, uh, but that's up to you, okay? If if that's what you want to do, typically the issue we see with PTSD VA claim denials. Um, is you either don't have a diagnosis, okay, at all, anywhere, even if it's from a private doctor. You don't have a private PTSD diagnosis. You don't have a diagnosis at the VA, okay? Um, and so, you know, you don't even get past part one of the three-part test. The raider looks at it and goes, this guy just put in a PTSD combat claim. He doesn't even have it diagnosed. He's not documented, right? So uh, get your butt to the doctor, get help, go see a psychologist or psychiatrist, whether it's at the VA um, or through private insurance and get a diagnosis. Okay, so that's a common um, thing that we see. Um, the other thing we see is no clear nexus, right? So especially for non-combat PTSD claims, um, things that are not well documented, like a military sexual trauma situation, right? I mean, most of this stuff never gets reported um, and never gets documented. So whose word are they going to take? Well, the VA has a duty to assist. They're a little bit more sensitive in MST type situations. And so uh, the best thing you can do, I think, is get a buddy letter. So somebody 18 years of age or older, a spouse, a clergyman, pastor, a boss at work, um, preferably somebody you served with, right, who can shed some light on as a witness you know, maybe they, maybe they didn't directly see the assault, but they were the first one you called, right? They were there the, the next morning, right? Or maybe they took you to the hospital, right? And maybe they're the only ones you've ever told about it. That's enough. By VA standards, that's enough to prove that as a valid in-service stressor. Yeah, John wrote, you're absolutely right, Brian. Carry the weight and suck it up. Too proud. That's the problem, Right? I was an officer in the Air Force, right? I separated in 2012 as a captain, um, the highest honor of my life to serve in the military. Um, I was too proud. I was embarrassed. I thought I was less than, right? Heaven forbid your boss finds out and you get demoted, right? Or you get fricking thrown in a psych ward or everybody else finds out you're, you're crazy. 
right? The, the lies we tell are, or you'll lose your security clearance, right? The lies we tell ourselves, guys, uh, it's amazing, okay? It's amazing why we don't go get help. But the reason I'm sharing my story with you is hopefully to empower you to come forward regardless of how many years it's been, okay? Um, oh, John wrote, you truly are a blessing to us all. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you, man. Robin, via Claims Insider and the staff under Brian, help us get our rating. These guys are amazing. What's up, Leah? Leah Buckholtz, 82nd Airborne. She's our med team lead. She's freaking unbelievable. Love you, Leah. Um, 80%, okay, Clifton. I'm 80% rated without PTSD. Uh, VA Reg doctor just sent me to PTSD counselor. He told me I have PTSD, so what do I do now? Okay, uh, keep in the program, right? I mean, that's uh, number one, Clifton, is get help, right? Which you are, so I'm, I'm happy that you're getting help after all these years. Um, make sure you get copies of those medical records because once you open up a new intent to file, right, you go to file your VA claim, you're gonna need that medical evidence. Okay, now the other thing I want you to be thinking about is exactly what I talked about, the nexus. What is it for you? What is the in-service incident, event, injury, salt, car accident, hurricane, combat, non-combat? What is the stressor event for you that triggered your PTSD? Okay, and can you prove it on an at least as likely as not basis? Critical absolutely critical. So Clifton, I think you need to write a personal statement talking about, hey, I realize it's been 30 years since I left the service. I never told anybody about this. I hid it for all this time. Here's what I'm going through. And document it and tell the VA in plain English the approximate time frame that your PTSD began. Okay. Matt wrote, Brian, is SSD a high value disorder? Absolutely. So SSD, somatic symptom disorder claims, are a high value secondary VA claim, okay, for secondary service connection. Um, it used to be called chronic pain syndrome with depression and anxiety when we were operating under DSM-4, the Diagnostics for Statistic Manual Mental Health Conditions. Okay, it's put out by um, the AMA, the American Psychiatry Association, APA, I think it is. Um, but they operate the DSM, which is basically standardization and classification of mental health conditions, okay? Uh, we're now in DSM-5, okay? It was updated, I believe, back in 2013. Uh, we're now in DSM-5, and so what used to be called chronic pain syndrome with depression or anxiety-like symptoms due to pain uh, has now turned into somatic symptom disorder, okay, which is a mental health claim. It's really what it is. So what I want you guys to be thinking about is maybe you don't have a clear PTSD stressor event, right? You weren't in combat, you weren't assaulted, you weren't in a car accident, uh, you didn't have a hurricane incident, you didn't have a beating battery situation or a court martial. You don't think you have a valid PTSD stressor, but maybe you still have a mental health condition. There's lots of them. There's 37 rateable mental health conditions uh, under the law. So maybe you've got major depressive disorder. Right? Maybe you've got generalized anxiety disorder. 
bipolar, schizophrenia, cyclothymia, right? An eating disorder, a mood disorder, their chronic adjustment disorder is a common one, okay? Somatic symptom disorder is just one of those, okay? Now, where we see vets, uh, which by the way, somatic symptom disorder, we see a ton of this in U.S. military veterans, mainly because of the wear and tear that you've suffered from in your body due to your service. Heavy packs you wore, training incidents, combat deployments, austere environments, whatever, you now have service-connected chronic pain issues in your body from your headaches, your neck, your back, your ears, your tinnitus, okay? Those things maybe have led to weight gain. Life health issues, occupational social impairment, maybe they have spurred into the development of a mental health condition with depression, anxiety, insomnia, anger issues, panic right? That's still a high value secondary mental health claim. So even if you don't have PTSD, absolutely consider filing somatic symptom disorder secondary to another service-connected disability in your body rated at 0% or higher. Combat Craig says, boom! You hear me say that all the time, right? Uh, I don't have my boom ball. I usually have this little ball here. It says boom on it. Uh, by the way, I got my VA Claims Insider swag on, guys, my merch. Thanks to uh, our fellow team member, Ronis Fields, uh, and his wife, Belle. They put together a ball in store for us. I got my cap. I got my shirt. 100% um, of profits, guys, are benefiting the Folds of Honor Foundation scholarships for the dependents of disabled veterans, okay? So uh, would really appreciate it if you guys pick up some merch and know that it's going to a great cause, all right? If you want some merch, you want this stuff shipped to your house, it's high quality gear, gangsters, um, you can spread our message. Go to VA Claims Insider Swag, S-W-A-G.com, okay? Um, I've had some folks say, man, these prices are high, right? What's up with these prices? The reason we have them priced that way, guys, is because it's all being donated charity. Okay, which by the way, guess what I'm doing as the founder and CEO of VA Claims Insider? We're matching dollar for dollar every single sale that happens through the swag store. So if y'all spend $5,000 on merch, I'm matching $5,000 on top, okay, which means $10,000 is going to go to the Folds of Honor Foundation. Okay, so rad, freaking love Folds of Honor. Um, they've helped my son. My son, Dylan, goes to a private school here in Austin. Um, they've helped cover some of the cost of his tuition uh, and some of his tutoring issues on the side. Uh, guys, folks in our community, they're having their college bills paid for above and beyond the GI Bill. It's an amazing. Absolutely love Folds of Honor, the mission, the vision, uh, and what they're doing for the dependents of disabled vets. Okay, so all the proceeds are going there. Again, you want some swag? We got shirts for men and women. We got hats. Uh, we got challenge coins coming. We've got mugs coming. Uh, but go check it out, guys. VA Claims Insider Swag.com. Okay. All right. I'm going to look through a few more comments. We still have 156 of you on, by the way, which is so awesome. Oh, let's see. Uh, I'm scheduled for my second. CNP exam in less than a month, I'm claiming PTSD. What does this mean? So, man, here's what I'll tell you. Sometimes 
multiple compensation and pension exams. We, let's talk about that real quick. What is a CNP exam? So after you filed your VA disability compensation claim, there's a very high likelihood that eventually, usually pretty fast nowadays, you're going to get a packet in the mail on the phone call from a contracted company, okay, like LHI, QTC, VES. There's a, a handful of them out there who have large uh, contracts with the VA. And what they do is they source private doctors in the local networks to conduct what are called compensation and pension exams. Okay, why do they do these? Tons of reasons. Um, and it's not always bad, right? Sometimes vets, I think, you, you know, we tend to look at this and go, what do you mean? Like, you don't believe me, so now somebody else has to check it? Well, okay, that's, that's part of it. But the other aspect of it is maybe your condition's worse than you say or think it is, okay? So there's a compensation and pension exam ordered where in most cases, if it's not done at the VA, it'll be conducted by a private medical professional, okay? Um, sometimes what we see, and to answer your question, is multiple exams are booked. So maybe you went to a compensation pension exam for PTSD, right? Which I get it. They suck. You never know who you're going to get for an examiner. Um, some of these examiners are just absolutely ridiculous. Screwing over our veterans. It's a shame. Um, and I'm calling it out. I'll continue to call it out. It makes me so angry that this is allowed to continue, guys. But we have to fight back if you get an illegal, immoral, or unethical CNP examiner, okay? Um, but sometimes what can happen is maybe the examiner made a mistake. So you go to your CNP exam for PTSD and maybe they didn't complete the online version of the DBQ, right? Maybe they forgot to check the diagnosis. They forgot to talk about your symptoms, right? Or they forgot to check your current level of occupational and social impairment. That's a common thing is if they screw something up, and then that information goes to the raider and the raider goes, this is inadequate. I need a new exam. They'll order a second one. Okay. So sometimes it's just a mistake. The most common reason why we see second CNP exams are there's conflicting information. Okay. So maybe a buddy letter or a private DBQ or a private nexus statement is contrary to the views and opinions of the CNP examiner. When we see the VA order another exam on top of that, it's usually because they are smart enough now to realize that some of these CNP examiners are complete garbage, screwing over our veterans, they don't know what they're doing. So the VA raider looks at the evidence and goes, this one says severe PTSD with a diagnosis and a clear nexus. This one says no mental health condition at all, right? Veterans malingering, right, or something just outrageous absolutely i don't even know how this crap is allowed you guys it makes me so angry <laughs> anyway we help you fight back by the way if you get an illegal immoral or an ethical exam but it could be the va raider or the vsr ordering a second cnp exam to try to debunk the terrible first cnp exam you got okay so they might be trying to help you out that's the reason why you might actually get multiple exams. And then of course, I mean, you're going to get multiple exams if you file a mental health condition and some other muscular skeletal condition at the same time, right? Because 
a psychologist or a psychiatrist is not going to evaluate you for migraine headaches or TBI or back pain, right? They're going to separate those two. Um, Seymour, Brian, if I was seeing the military for mental health for anger management, would that be good to claim for PTSD? Possibly. So, man, I mean, I'll just use myself as an example. I remember being active duty. Um, I couldn't stomach the thought of being diagnosed with a mental health condition, right? So sometimes you'll see uh, in the military, these psychologists or psychiatrists or social workers will write down anger issues, right? Having panic attacks. He's a little bit depressed, having trouble adjusting, right? Well, maybe you got full-fledged PTSD, uh, but that just kind of started it, right? But maybe you didn't get the PTSD diagnosis until years later, okay? At least you can point back to, in your case, you talked about this anger management. So obviously there was something going on. Um, you know, maybe it was just a stressful life situation for you, work situation, um, but maybe it was more than that. It just was undiagnosed, okay? So the best advice I can give any veteran, hearing my voice right now, if you believe you have a mental health condition and you do not currently have a diagnosis or you're not currently in treatment, please pick up the phone as soon as we're done. Google VA mental health closest to me. Call the number right now. Talk to somebody. Get an appointment on the books. Okay. It's the best thing you can do. All right. If I want to file for an increase in my mental health rating, what do I need from my psychiatrist to submit to support my claim? Well, uh, you can use just the medical evidence or the treatment notes. So um, maybe you've been going to vet centers or you see this psychiatrist, I don't know, once a quarter maybe for <clears throat> follow-up care and treatment. So you can use those records and notes. Um, any secure messaging you've been sending back and forth from My Healthy Vet, you can download that stuff right off of My Healthy Vet in PDF format uh, and upload in support of a claim. I think you need to write a statement a statement in support of a claim on the VA form 21-4138 to explain how your PTSD is worse, right? If you're going for an increase because you've already got a diagnosis, you're already service connected, right? You already have a rating, you're just underrated. So if you're filing for an increase, you need to explain how your PTSD or mental health condition now meets a higher rating criteria under the law. Okay, and it's all based upon your current symptoms. The other thing I think you should think about, though, is getting a DBQ for PTSD review, if you have uh, PTSD, um, or a DBQ for other mental health conditions. If you've got stuff like major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, somatic symptom disorder, really, guys, if you are already got a diagnosis, you're already rated, but you're underrated, right? You've already crossed and you've already proven service connection on at least as likely as not basis, you can get a simple increase with just a DBQ, right? Just a DBQ review filed in support of your claim. Okay. So if you can't get one from your doctor, we can help inside of VA Claims Insider Elite. Okay. You can go to vaclaimsinsiderelite.com, complete the three steps, and a team member will be in touch in about 96 hours. Okay. Robin wrote MST, right? So military sexual trauma can also show markers in your personnel file. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, good, great point that I didn't cover. I mean, uh, if you went through some type of an MST situation, it maybe never got reported, but I guarantee you that stuff affected you big time, right? Maybe your rating, maybe you were a, a stellar troop, like standout, uh, five star on the path to, you know, below the zone promotions, and all of a sudden, bam, this incident happens and your career just gets derailed. Right. I mean, that's, that's possible. Um, Doug. Oh man. Classic myth. I was worried about my security clearance. That's why I wasn't honest about my mental health condition, in the military guys. I'm telling you right now, it's a complete freaking myth. Two huge myths we see all the time. I don't want to talk about my PTSD or mental health condition because I have a security clearance. Okay, that's number one. Number two is I'm a Second Amendment gun owner. And I don't want to let anybody know I have a mental health condition because they're going to take my guns. Okay, false on all accounts across every level. Now, what we've seen, and by the way, there's various state court issues battling this right now. So I'm not a lawyer. And what I'm about to tell you is not legal advice. This is my opinion. Okay. In my opinion, the only time anybody's going to come take your guns is if you are threatening violence. If you are threatening other people because of your guns, all right, now we've got a problem. Now you're a threat to society. They might come. But if you're a responsible gun owner, guys, you target practice, maybe you hunt, there's no issues. There's no impact whatsoever in whether or not you have a mental health condition or not. Okay. Um, the security clearance issue. I had a TSSCI D-SCID highest level you can have security clearance working black world programs with a diagnosis of PTSD, a VA rating, okay, seeking treatment and taking mental health medications, guys. I did. I was scared to death to report. I was like, oh my God, I can't, if I, I've heard that like, if I report this, they're going to do, guess what? My security manager was a Marine. He also had service connected PTSD. He's the security manager. So we start sharing war stories, man. All I had to do guys was document my SF-86 that I have a diagnosis, taking medications. You have to be honest about it, right? You have to disclose it. But guess what happened to my security clearance? Absolutely nothing. Nothing happened to my security clearance. And I had TSSCI, okay? So um, again, I'm not your attorney and I'm not stating this with absolute fact. I'm simply sharing my experience and my story to say, I have yet to meet a single disabled veteran who has ever had their security clearance taken away because of a mental health condition. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm not saying that somebody might not have, you know, a, a mental health condition that's so severe to warrant you're possibly a threat to national security or yourself or others. I, I get that it's possible. I'm simply stating in my experience, I've never seen it. Okay. So what can you do? Be honest, pick up the phone, call mental health and get help. Leah, I love you too, B. <laughs> You're awesome. Leah's so amazing. So proud to serve with you, lady. Freaking crushing it. She's on YouTube all the time too. She gets a lot more views than I do. Funny how that works. Um, let's see. I got a DBQ and was denied. Still fighting. Okay. 
So here's what can happen, guys. If you got a private doctor DBQ for mental health, you file in support of your claim, you had a personal statement, tight file, and it was still denied, I can guarantee you, right, maybe, I, maybe I won't go to the 100% of all, I can virtually guarantee you with 99% certainty that the reason your claim was denied was because of a terrible compensation and pension exam done by an illegal, immoral, and unethical CNP examiner, okay? Ridiculous. We see it happen all the time. And guys, who knows what it is? I got another video on here um, called Bad CNP Exam. Now what? If you want to search for that on YouTube, I've got a strategy for you and how to punch back. Um, I think you should fight it uh, because it's crap. You got screwed by a single CNP examiner um, who may not have known what they're doing. They may not have even conducted an adequate exam. Maybe they weren't credentialed. They didn't show up on time. They didn't document it correctly. They've got some personal you know, issue or vendetta against veterans. They don't like the disability system, whatever. We see all kinds of crap, okay? Um, but the bottom line, brother, is you gotta fight. And our recommended strategy here, based on what we've seen and what we're hearing, is to first fight with the VA's new higher level review, okay, the HLR. Unbelievable results that we're seeing in HLR. I mean, we're seeing vets get called on the phone by a decision review officer, a DRO, um, sometimes within seven days of filing that HLR, right? You file your own higher level review, you can represent yourself, you can get an attorney. I don't think you really need one for that um, because it's just a phone conversation, right? You're gonna talk to the DRO on the phone and you need to be prepared to tell him or her why this CNP examiner is wrong, screwed you over, and what should happen is the DRO will either overturn it on the spot or they'll order a second CNP exam, okay? Hopefully that helps you. But bottom line is just because you were denied, it's never over unless you quit. That's such an important piece to keep in mind, guys. It's never over unless you quit. <laughs> people are jumping in. Leah is the best. Combat Craig. Love Combat Craig. By the way, uh, Combat Craig's a part of VA Claims Insider now, okay, which is such an awesome story. Uh, Combat Craig, Desert Storm, Desert Shield Combat Vet. Um, he came to us at 60%, right, was frustrated, uh, and we helped him get to 100, right? And so now uh, he wanted to give back and serve, and so um, he launched his own YouTube channel, and uh, we joined forces a couple months ago, and uh, he's now part of VA Claims Insider. So if you see Combat Craig on the VACI YouTube channel, the Brian Reese channel, you also see him across Combat Craig live in the Mastermind. Uh, dude is amazing. He's absolutely crushing it for us on the marketing side, and uh, his his stuff is great. Man, I was laughing, uh, Combat Craig, earlier today. Man, you got your little freaking pet foot thing was so hilarious. But um, but it's helpful, right? It's helpful to get the visual, especially. Uh, to see you talking about plantar fasciitis um, and their plantar fascia. It's helpful to be able to see that um, underneath the skin. So thank you for all you do, brother. Appreciate you. Um, Frank, hey, Brian, what if your PTSD was caused from several events? Uh, hey, Frank, what I would do is I would pick the most severe stressor and go with that. Now, here's a good rule of thumb. I've had vets ask me this before. Uh, how do I know if my PTSD stressor is good enough. Here's the rule of thumb I like to use. Okay, not hard and fast, but here's what I recommend. 
ask yourself this question. Did you or did you not fear for your life? I'm going to say that one more time. If you're wondering if your PTSD stressor is good enough to potentially prove service connection of your mental health condition, whether it was PTSD or something else, did you or did you not fear for your life? If the answer to that is no, your stressor is probably not good enough, right? To meet VA criteria to rise to the level of a triggering, terrifying event, okay, that could have triggered your PTSD. Um, in that case, though, Frank, if you still have a mental health condition, because maybe you've got multiple diagnoses, maybe go for something else. Leave the PTSD out if your stressor isn't strong enough. Go for somatic symptom disorder secondary. Go for major depressive disorder primary. Uh, generalized anxiety disorder secondary. Okay, because those things don't uh, they don't those don't need in-service stressor events um, in the same way that post-traumatic stress disorder does, right? That's really the difference. Um, this is from C. David Rufin. Hey, man, good to hear from you, man. Oh, man, listen to this. I've been suffering from PTSD for 41 years. I'm an Army veteran. Uh, put a claim in February 2019. I have a diagnosis. I have a medical nexus letter but his statement support of claim. My claim is in review and decision is moved up two months. What's going on with my claim? Okay. It sounds like you have all the appropriate evidence. You got a diagnosis. You said you had a clear nexus um, and even a statement in support of your claim. I think what you're talking about is seeing a claim bounce back and forth to and from different stages in the process. Very common, right? There's generally an eight step process that the VSR and the RVSR will follow. Everything from claim submission to claim uh, decision, okay? There's a total of eight steps. What we see is a claim can move from preparation for a decision back to gathering of evidence, right? Preparation for notification back to gathering of evidence. I've seen that happen two, three, four times on the same claim. Sometimes it means absolutely nothing at all, what it usually means is the VA Raiders trying to help you. They're trying to go back and clarify something or there's something they saw that's conflicting that went, ugh, I wanna to try to resolve this before I push it on, right? So um, try not to panic, trust the process. Uh, it's not just a bad thing. It might actually be a good thing, okay? So very common to see claims bounce back and forth multiple times. Um, can an in-service diagnosis of insomnia or sleep problems be considered a marker for PTSD and depression? Absolutely. Oh my goodness, Mike, absolutely 100%. But just because you have some subjective complaints while on active duty of insomnia and sleep issues, right? Well, maybe that's due to sleep apnea, right? Not necessarily mental health. I'm not saying that. Maybe it is due to mental health. But you still need a diagnosis, Okay, you still need a mental health claim diagnosis. Uh, you want to know a recipe for disaster for anybody hearing my voice. Don't get a diagnosis for mental health and just file a claim. Okay, if you do that, I can virtually guarantee you with about a 99% certainty rate that your claim will be denied. If you don't have a diagnosis for mental health, your VA mental health claim will get denied. Okay. 
Yeah, Combat Craig, good point. So uh, he wrote, usually insomnia is rolled up into mental health. That's true. So uh, insomnia is typically either related to a sleep condition, right, or a mental health condition. Insomnia is usually a symptom of an underlying mental health condition or an underlying sleep condition. Um, sometimes not, but it's, it's usually a symptom. Um, oh my goodness, you guys are crazy. There's still 144 of you on live, by the way. We're live on Facebook. If you're watching recording on YouTube, by the way, welcome to you. If you've got questions, if you want to comment, okay, again, I don't, I don't care if you join our program or not. I mean, I, I want you to make that decision because you believe what we believe, that you're stuck, you're frustrated, you're underrated, and you want to win your VA claim in less time. Okay, that's the person we're looking for to come into VA Claims Insider Elite. Okay, again, VA Claims Insider Elite.com. But this is bigger than that for us, guys. This is about inspiring you and giving you hope and serving and supporting you no matter what. So please jump in, open the comment thread on YouTube, post a comment, give me a shout out, tell me loud and clear, say, you know, hey, you're ugly, <laughs> whatever, do something. Uh, but if you need help, guys, reach out. Stop, stop struggling on your own, okay? Um, what's up, Terry? Hey, Doug. Hey, Jim. Seymour, MJ, what's going on? Uh, Flex, Doug, David, Brian, Robin. <laughs> this is so awesome. By the way, I'm flipping through right now on my phone. So here, you can see all the comments. So you guys can see that I'm, I'm really not making this up. It's a lot of comments coming through. Um, <laughs> Doug, Doug, you're such a huge fan, brother. We love you. Fellow insider, Doug Klopp, he's a member, um, does so much for our, our mastermind group on Facebook. He writes, get your butt to the doctor. So true, man. That's what I say all the time. Antonio, amen, Brian. Thank you for the great work VA Claims Insider does for veterans. Oh, man, you're very welcome. Love you, brother. Um, I was hospitalized, oh, my goodness, from 6'9 to 6'19. Can I request increase? Absolutely, you can. Um, hospitalization is very serious. Can I get paid now since I'm out of work? Yep, there are definitely ways, Mia, for you to expedite your claim. Um, I worked at a prison for 23, I'm assuming years, something clicked, freaked out, no, no work. I was diagnosed with acid reflux. Could it have been sleep apnea because I've now been diagnosed with sleep apnea? Absolutely possible. Okay, sleep apnea VA claims are tough, guys, because you really need to be arming yourself with appropriate information. The most common way a sleep apnea claim gets denied in our experience was if you do not have a diagnosis, you didn't go through a sleep study while on active duty, or you don't have a nexus letter to support service connection, right? Because what does the research tell us about sleep apnea, right? Which is a very severe sleep disorder. What the research tells us is that sleep apnea is most commonly linked and correlated with weight gain and obesity, okay? I don't know about you guys, but I ain't 170 pounds anymore, okay? So if you didn't have a sleep study on active duty, you weren't diagnosed with sleep apnea on active duty, it's now years later, you've gained 30, 40, 50 pounds, right? If you file your sleep apnea claim as a primary condition, I can virtually guarantee it will be denied not service connected, CNP examiner is going to write some BS uh, and they're going to document the BMI is above 25, high likelihood sleep apnea is due to weight gain. Okay. Well, guys, there's, a, there's another thing at play here. 
the most common thing we see is weight gain due to medication side effects that you're taking. Sometimes weight gain is not just a veteran's own fault. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't, right? It could be due to side effects of medication, which have caused you to eat more, which have caused you to gain weight. Maybe it's the chronic pain in your body that has limited or affected your ability to work out and do leisurely activities. So now you've gained all this weight, you've developed obstructive sleep apnea as a result. Guess what though? You can't go primary. You have to then file it as a secondary, obstructive sleep apnea secondary to another service-connected disability in your body, right? And I highly, highly recommend you get a medical nexus letter, okay? If you can't get one from your own doc, uh, we should probably be able to help you. Okay, so it could be sleep apnea, but uh, hey, Mia, just so you know, maybe there's some mental health stuff going on. I don't know, um, but you may want to just pick up the phone and call the VA, okay? Hey, Bob from Kuwait. Chuck, thanks for your support. Soon to be 100. Yep, I bet you are, sir. Uh, where is the claim process stages defined? That's from Tubbs. Um, so, okay, if you go to vaclaimsinsider.com slash blog, there's a post in there called the eight-step VA claim process explained. You can also go to Google and just type, you know, VA claim process. I think we're, you know, maybe like link five or six. Um, you can also go to YouTube and type VA claim process. I actually explain the entire eight steps in, in video okay, and talk through those steps. Um, Willie wrote, you are winning me over. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate you, brother. But again, we're just speaking from the heart. We're just, we're sharing our experiences, man, because we've lived this. I have lived the PTSD nightmare, guys, by myself, thinking I was the only one. And I found out I wasn't the only one. I found out, in fact, it's very common. In fact, what's our common stat? Military veterans are four times as likely to have or develop PTSD. That's crazy. It's crazy, but nobody's talking about how severe this is, right? We got to be honest, guys. Um, just submitted my claim. You and your team are amazing. Thank you for the quick turnaround on the Nexus letters and the DBQs. Shout out to Ronna, Steve, and Leah. Awesome. I love our team, by the way. Um, I'm going to give a quick shout out. I can't do this by myself, guys. Um, you know, we started over three years ago now. And yeah, it was, it was just me doing YouTube videos and Facebook lives and stuff like that. Um, but our movement is empowered. We are being built. We drive on. We crush things. We move fast and break stuff every single day as entrepreneurs because of our team. I can't do that alone, right? I get to do a lot of these videos and trainings and I'm still involved in leading and setting strategy, right? But when it comes to serving you as a doctor, medical professional, VA claims expert, making sure that you have exactly what you need to fight a fair fight, I have to lean on my team. And uh, I'm so blessed. We've got an unbelievable team, the insider team, guys. They've devoted their lives to you, believe me. How do I know that? Because I talk to him every single day, right? We're jacked up to serve you guys, man. We are jacked up. <laughs> Deciding to enroll in BACI will change your life. Thanks, Robin. I'm glad to hear that. Quick shout out to Fred. Fred's a member of our team. Cool, man. Thanks for sharing that. 
I got to 100% in less than 90 days here to help others. That's awesome, man. Oh, good. You're going to join the uh, affiliate partners launch. Okay. Uh, I don't want to spill the beans too early here because uh, it's only open right now to current members. Okay. But uh, proud to announce that we are going to be launching the first ever live VA Claims Insider live event for disabled veterans run by disabled veterans. Okay, this is not a pitch fest where a bunch of companies and sponsors and crap are gonna hawk their goods. This is us, live San Antonio, Texas. Okay, the JW Marriott San Antonio Hill Country Hotel, amazing place. May 15th through the 17th, 2020. We're gonna be live, guys. Right, I'll be leading the whole event, but our whole insider team's going to be there. Our doctors are going to be there for in-person evaluations. We're going to hang out, serve each other in community. You're going to get to give me a big old bear hug, right? Whether you want to or not. Okay, but you got to be there, man. You got to be there. Now I'm not releasing full details on this yet. You're just going to have to wait and be patient because um, we're launching to our affiliate partners here in about a week. Okay, but mark your calendars. VA Claims Insider Live 2020, the world's only event to help you get a higher VA disability rating in less time, live in person in community. Our doctors are gonna be there, our team's gonna be there, right? And this is not just another worthless training event, this is us sharing our best stuff with you live and in community. Okay, by the way, turn this thing into a family vacation. Bring your spouse, bring your kiddos. There's a lazy river, uh, amazing golf course. It's an incredible resort, guys. I've stayed there a couple times. Uh, if you want, you can Google JW Marriott, San Antonio, Texas, Hill Country. Epic. Epic. Okay, May 15th through the 17th, 2020. Mark your calendars. More to come. Okay. Wow. There's still 150 of you on, guys. How do I know that? Check it out. Let me see if you can. Oh, you probably can't see it. Live. Oh, now there's 147. Okay but pretty rad, pretty awesome guys. The insider movement is for real. Veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation they deserve in less time, okay? We do it through medical evidence, okay? If you need some help, guys, get your butt inside of Elite. Go to vaclaimsinsiderelite.com, okay? All right, guys, we're going live. Uh, we got team members going live. We got Med Team Mondays. Uh, a VA Claims Insider team member goes live on Tuesdays on Facebook to answer your question. I go live every Wednesday on Facebook to answer your question. Combat Craig's on all the time. We are coming at you live from all over the globe, guys, and we're going to keep doing it. All right? We're here for you, and vets need each other. Okay? We'll talk to you all soon. Bye.